Our text has been the same for many weeks, found in uh, Galatians chapter 5. There we read that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And we come today to the word patience. In all seriousness, and in no attempt to be humorous, I committed the sin of impatience this week. It happened like this. I had to come over to the church on Friday to get some resources I needed for preparation. I came at 2 o'clock because everyone who works here knows if you come between 4 and 5.30, it's just very difficult to make a left turn out of the church property. And so I was sure I was in the window of ease. When I finally left, it was about 2.30, and as I attempted to make a left turn, there were like 14 or 15 cars coming from the right. When they got to the very end, about 14 or 15 cars were coming to the left. And it happened a second time. And it happened a third time. And while it was happening the third time, I said, what in the world is going on here? This is ridiculous. And it happened a fourth time. And I finally was able to make an easy left turn. The sin of impatience is a sin that we all struggle with. It almost seemed as those cars with precision were coming and going that that experience was somehow providentially arranged. And I do recall hearing uh, that small voice, that still small voice say, you're you're preaching on what on Sunday? (laughs) I'm preaching on patience. I started going to church when I was 16 years old, and my precious mom, who watches with us every Sunday, went with me. And I remember on one occasion, we were sitting there in the pews, and the minister made the comment at the beginning of his sermon, anxiety is a sin because it is the opposite of faith. And my mother whispered in my ear and said, we're both in trouble. (laughs) Because when you hear that word anxiety or worry and you struggle with it, or you hear the word patience. In fact, one theologian that I really enjoy reading simply said, patience is a tough word. It's, It's hard to consider love joy and peace. Yes, we seek to cultivate those. They're, for the most part, comforting words. But when you get to that word patience, that's probably the first in the list of the fruit of the Spirit that you trip over a little bit. It's got a a sense of, of toughness to it. And yet, at the same time, it ought to encourage us to see it in this particular list Because God, the Holy Spirit, who loves to glorify Jesus and who loves to grow us, lives in us to make us a more loving, a more joyous, a more peaceful people, and to make us a 
people who resist impatience more and more and grow impatience more and more. So yes, it's a tough word, but it's an encouraging word as well, and I would like for us to think about it. Let's begin with a question. What does the word patience mean? It means long-suffering, to persevere with another person uh, in spite of their uh, frustrations and their quirks. Actually, the word means long-tempered as opposed to possessing a short fuse. It's, it's interesting that the word behind the translation patience in our uh, English version is also sometimes translated forbearance, to forbear with another person, to go along with them in spite of how something in their personality may hit us. It is gracious tolerance of another's faults or failures or idiosyncrasies. That's what patience really is. Now, with that in mind, a number of years ago, an author named Jerry Bridges wrote a book, a fantastic book you should read, though the title is a bit uh, awkward. It's titled Respectable Sins. Respectable Sins. Now, Jerry Bridges knows that there is no such thing as a respectable sin. What he means by, I guess, an attempt at creativity is that there are sins in our lives that we tolerate. There are sins in good standing, and they don't deserve that good standing. We've given them a level of respectability that such sins do not deserve. These are sins we coddle in our lives. These are sins about which we may say, it's just the way I am. Or we've just made a sort of strange peace with these sins. And Bridges starts to list them. He says, for example, ingratitude, uh, discontentment, uh, pride, jealousy, anger. Almost all the sins we commit with our tongues and even a lack of self-control. These are sins we have sadly uh, joined with and coddle and, and make peace with. We tolerate them. Well, in his book, he actually writes a chapter that is titled Impatience and Irritability. These are sins we tolerate, Im impatience. Now, if you think for just a moment about patience opposite, which is impatience, it means to be annoyed with another person's quirks or, or faults or habits that kind of rub you the wrong way. What's interesting is, if you study it, uh, when you verbalize impatience, it hurts the other person, and even worse, it humiliates the other person. And it's interesting to know that when a person is a victim of another person's outburst of impatience, 
what happens on occasion is that person lashes back from a posture of defense. But it's most often the case that when you really humiliate a person with your impatience, the person just stops talking, just uh, remains silent for the humiliation is so deep and a person doesn't want it to continue. So there is this silence. Irritability, on the other hand, is a very strong word. It actually means impatience, but it's more than just a synonym. Uh, Irritability means a person is impatient almost all the time. They are aroused by the slightest provocation. Uh, The person is almost never any fun to be around. It feels like you are walking on eggshells. So the way you define patience is what it's not. It's not irritability. It's not being an irritating person. Uh, It's not being an impatient person, one that can fly off the handle uh, and and bring pain. Uh, Instead, it is not short-fused. It is long-tempered, not short-tempered. It is to forbear with another person. Now, so far, I haven't used a scripture text to bolster this definition uh, and contrast of patience with impatience. So let me give you a text just now. It is uh, Proverbs 9, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. A person who has saturated their life with Scripture that creates wisdom in how to think and talk and live in this world is a person who is going to find patience a more natural response to other people. And the second part of the verse says, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Yes, of course, there will always be times when we must confront another person. But there will never be a time when we are to impatiently confront another person. If we have to speak a loving word of rebuke, it must be not with harshness but with gentleness, with kindness, with patience. And that is what the Holy Spirit is out to work in our lives. Now let's think about this a bit more. I'd like for us to consider three truths about patience. Here's the first. Believers are commanded, commanded to be patient. That imperative is found at least five or six times in the New Testament, and the Psalms, or I mean the Proverbs, is chock full of a call to patience. And what we need to understand when we think about patience, its opposite impatience never happens instantly. It never occurs suddenly and without warning. We fly off the handle, and we're impatient. 
Let me illustrate what I mean. A number of years ago, Sinclair Ferguson, uh, who is a seminary professor, wrote about a colleague of his who was also a professor. And this other man, whose name is not given, uh, told Ferguson that he had gone on a recent trip to do a series of theological uh, lectures in another state. And everything that could go wrong went wrong. The, the plane was delayed for numerous hours. He finally arrived at his hotel uh, just as tired as could be. That's when he asked the, the young man behind the reception desk uh, for his room. The young man clicked on the keyboard for about two, three minutes, which is a long time when you're waiting. You know this. And uh, he says, I find uh, no registration no, uh, under this name. And the young man was thinking, I know his name. And the professor just, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, as they say. And he just went off on this young man. And the young man kept typing, and he, he found a room for this, for this uh, man. And as he was filling out the paperwork, he was also filling out a reimbursement form for the seminary. And the, man, and the young boy put the two together. Oh, you are that professor. And then he said, you know, I've only been a Christian for a few months, but we're reading your book. And we're getting so much out of it. It's such a pleasure to meet you. And you know that professor felt like, yuck. And he said he wanted to say to him out of embarrassment, I don't know what came over me. It's not the way I usually react. It doesn't just come over you. That's a lie. I had plenty of time to make that left turn in the joy of the Lord, and I chose to complain. And that professor had enough time to care about the person who was waiting on him, not to commit the sin of impatience. And the reason I go to the links to tell that story is because when the Bible tells us to be patient, it is a command we can obey. We can become a more patient people. And the reason I know this is because of James chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient. Stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. As I said, the command is what? Be patient. Every believer is required. The Holy Spirit wants to work it out in us to grow us in patience. And if, if the word patience means uh, long-tempered, how long must we be patient? Well, three times in those verses it says, until the coming of the Lord, until the Lord Jesus returns for us, you see. 
How long must I be patient? How long must I pray against and fight against impatience until Jesus Christ comes back? That's how long we are to be long-tempered. And so the command is to be patient. Maybe we could take just a few brief moments to think about what it might look like. If you're good at self-evaluation, if you're willing to ask the Lord to humble you sufficiently enough to evaluate yourself and say, in what areas of my life, in what circumstances, in what relationships am I in that I am easily tempted to impatience, to be an irritating person? Uh, Is it in my marriage with my spouse? Is it how I respond to my teenager? Is is it how teenagers respond to their parents? Is it while driving a car? Is it with friends? Those times when it's so hard to forbear, and instead we just grumble. Just grumble and hold grudges. You know what grumbling is? He says, don't grumble. You know what grumbling is? Grumbling is verbalizing impatience. That's what it is. It's the sound of the impatient person. It is the irritating person speaking out loud their supposed right to criticize another. I told you when I, before I started, this is a tough word, this word, uh, patience. Maybe it would be wise for us. I've done it a time or two, pray before you do it. To go to your spouse or to your teenager or to a friend that you can trust and say, are there any areas you've seen my life that I've been impatient? Believe me, it'll be embarrassing, but it will be a wise thing to do because we need all the help we can to obey the two-word command, be patient. And this brings us to two and three in our survey of patients that are both application-oriented. Secondly, believers must consciously put on patience. To say it a different way, get dressed up in patience. And it is factually our responsibility. Let me prove it to you by reading Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. Get dressed up in. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, forbearance. Bear with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on, clothe yourself with, get dressed up. 
put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So there is this list of godly virtues. It includes kindness and gentleness and forbearance and love. And in the middle of the list, there is what? Patience. All of us know, I think, that the love chapter in the Bible is the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And in the large middle section of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is, followed by about 21 words, love is, love keeps no record of wrong. Love is not rude, it is not easily angered. But do you know what the first one is? Love is patient. It's patient. The first thing in that list that flows out of love is a patient lifestyle. One of the most unloving things we can do is to be an irritable person in the life of another, to be an impatient person. So that's the command and the response of what he says here is get dressed up, clothe yourself. It's an intentional inspired metaphor. You You get up every day, you're standing in front of the closet. And you have to make a decision based on where you're going, what your agenda might be that day. What do I wear today? And you consciously clothe yourself. Not to do so would be utterly foolish. You clothe yourself. And what he's saying is there's a a set of spiritual clothing. They're the godly virtues given to us in the multiple list of virtues in the Bible. Gentleness and kindness goodness and generosity, a forgiving spirit, a patient and kind personality. One of the reasons we are so frequently impatient and unkind is we don't give it the thought it deserves. We don't make the conscious choice of getting dressed in the virtues. And this is your responsibility. The command is for you to be patient, for me to be patient. The command is for us to clothe ourselves with these godly virtues. Yes, of course, we must keep in mind that this sanctifying process requires both dependence on the Holy Spirit and our acts of obedience. And so in dependence upon the Holy Spirit, who longs to make us more patient, let's be conscious about it. In those areas we've identified where impatience is way too easy for us, to make this a matter of most urgent praying. Which brings us to the last application. Believers must earnestly pray for patience. Let me read you a verse. And as I am reading, it's a prayer from the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1, beginning with verse 9. And as I read this, listen to these incredibly huge things Paul is praying for fellow believers. And especially notice where he ends his prayer. Are you ready? Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with all the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a worthy life, 
of the Lord, a life worthy of the Lord, and to please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Here's where it ends up. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. I memorized this prayer in another version. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Huge petition. Bear fruit in every good work. Large petition. That you may increase in the knowledge of God. Like, wow. But for what purpose? That you may have great endurance. And that you may live a patient life in a hurting world. And that you not be a hurter but a healer. Patience. Love is patience. So, if God the Holy Spirit wants to work patience in us, He does. If we need to resist impatience and put on patience, we do. Then we must pray frequently and fervently for these godly virtues, including patience. Will we? Well, I hope we will. In fact, we'll do it just now. Let's bow to pray. Over these weeks of preaching through the fruit of the Spirit, I've been using the end of the service as an extended time of prayer. And I'm including a prayer of confession, a prayer of praise, and a prayer of asking. That's been the outline we've been using. And so, Heavenly Father, we are here before you just now, and we do come to confess our guilt, to confess our sin to you, our sins of impatience and irritability. Oh, Lord, forgive us, forgive us, Lord, There's never been a moment, Lord Jesus, when you've ever been impatient with any of us. Why is it that we can all too often be impatient with each other? Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive our sin of discounting other people's quirks, where they are in their life, what they're about, their their habits that might rub us in an indifferent manner, or just impatient because, you know, we're not getting our way. Um, Oh, Lord, uh, forgive us. We thank you and praise you, O God, for your Holy Spirit who lives in us and wants to grow us in his sweet fruit. Oh, Holy Spirit, make us more loving and more joyous and more at peace with you and each other. Make us kind and good. To live as kindly as humanly possible and as good as glorifies you. Give us gentleness, rescue us from harshness, Lord. Make us faithful and loyal to you and each other and give us self-control. Thank you, Lord. Lord, there's always enough time. Maybe it's just a wee amount, but it's enough. 
Help us in those days to fight against that, that inner twist or that, that inner yucky push that makes us want to let it out. You would never do that to us. Even your discipline of us, the scripture says, is a kind and generous discipline that we might share in your righteousness. God, help us to think, to slow down the heartbeat of anxious impatience and just to say, you know what? If Jesus wants me to wait for a left turn for 30 minutes, glory be to him. And I know that Jesus wants me to love my wife like he loves the church. So no matter what, patience. Lord, we, we can often be so hurtful to the people we most love because of self-centeredness. Keep us looking at you, Jesus. When we pray as Jesus did, sanctify him by the truth. Lord Jesus, we pray you sanctify us out of impatience and into patience. More and more, help us to let go of the short fuse and to be patient instead. All the way until you return. Enough of this grumbling. Enough. Enough of this verbalizing impatience. Lord, help us. Change us. Yes, Lord, it, it, it's a tough word. But living for you is not easy always. Help us to take up our cross daily and follow you. And by the cross, may impatience die more and more. Pray in your holy name. Amen.